straight out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, Statesman Sports Columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 281, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, and I'm joined, as usual, by the Duck, Kirk Bowles. Duck, not always do we get two of the best columnists in the country on the same podcast. Now, we get one. I mean, that's you. We get one every week. But we got Mac Engel of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram here joining us, the reigning, defending Columnist of the year, state of Texas. Kirk Bowles won it like 16 times. <laughs> and he has his own podcast, The Angle Angle. You can see it. Um, interviewed Maria Sakri, a tennis player, number five in the world, one of my favorites. Uh, du- did the weather on Fox 4 recently. <laughs> Teaches at SMU. What else do you got going, Mac? Are you, are you, the Renaissance are you, man. Are you picking up trash? In- I probably will yeah. be soon. Uh, don't, newspaper don't guys. Out. Yeah, newspaper guys. Do How do you do uh, that in 24 hours? How do you do all that, Mac? You know, it's funny you should say that. I was uh, about five years ago, seven years ago. I don't know how long it was. I bought from GoDaddy a domain name, my, my name. I bought it Good. because I was going to sell my last book that I had written. And um, so I, I, you know, I put my books on it to try to sell, make a little bit of money. And it, they're glorified resumes is what they are, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it was, is a resume. So like right before the pandemic, I thought, you know what? I should update it. Okay, I'll update it. So then I'm trying to update it. And it's not working. So then I call GoDaddy. And I mean this sincerely. GoDaddy's customer service is the best. It's 24-7. Nice. Phenomenal. They're great. They're very, very helpful. They walk you through it. It's idiot proof. So I'm like, they said, yeah, we've updated it and you need to transfer everything over. I'm like, well, wait, I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, basically, you need to redo it. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Oh, no. So this was, now here's the worst part, Kurt, and everybody can relate to this. We had nothing to do during the pandemic, right? There is the perfect opportunity for me to update my website right yeah. there. That was 2020. I didn't get it done until last week. <laughs> <laughs> you got a time management problem. Yeah. You made the job. So much going oh. on, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you just I got know, right? And I, and I was looking back on it. You guys, maybe, you have, maybe you've done this. I was looking at everything that I'd done because I, I went back and I tried to find everything. It was just like, you know, and I was like, Wow. I really have done quite a bit. I was kind of proud of it. I was like, that's kind of neat. Look at all the people I've interviewed, places I've gone. I'm sure you've done it, Cedric. I'm sure you've done it, Kurt. And then at the same time, I thought, but then the other bad part of it, and this is what I had, the other thought, I had the realization about two things. One, I'm like, wow, it's really neat. I've done a lot. That's great. Because that's the stuff I wanted to do when I was a teenager. And, I, and I'm doing it. And that's great. And then the other realization I have is like, oh, crap, I'm getting older. Yes. And that was the other, like, I'm almost 50. This sucks. <laughs> so well, it was a double-edged sword. Just keep counting. Yeah, keep almost counting. 50. And, you almost know, 50. I remember when I was almost 50. <laughs> we spoke with Bryce Cherry this week on the Waco podcast, and 
he's almost 50. So, yeah, I was the youngest guy on that one. I'm not the youngest guy on this one. Oh, good. So, yeah, uh, now, now we got me and Seth at the paper and about 40, 20-year-olds. Right, and I <laughs> totally understand that. Talk about it's... being the old brother in the club. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you're not weird... that old, but you're too old to be too in the Too old, that's exactly. Like, there was one of my colleagues. She's like, I'm going to turn 30. And I'm like, 30? <laughs> I'm like, get I don't care. You remember <laughs> when 30 was old? Remember when we thought 30 was old? I do remember when I couldn't envision 30. Me too. I just, I didn't think, but I'm like, I wonder what that's going to be like. And now I'm like, oh, geez, think about all the stupid decisions I made then that would have, if I had just not, if I had just done things differently when I was 30. Yeah, I don't even think you're between, a grown up until you're like you're 40, I think. The only difference uh, between your 20s and your 30s is your 20s, you make all the stupid mistakes and you don't care. In your 30s, you start to kind of regret them. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm well, getting too old for this. I had uh, the nail on the head, Kirk. I, it, I don't think you really know yourself and are comfortable in 40s. Like, I used to say it. I hear my daughter. She's 13. She'll say, oh, I don't care. And I, I used to say it all the time. They mean it the way it sounded. It sounded bad. But now that I'm in my late 40s, when I say I don't care, I really mean it. Mean it, yeah. Yeah, you mean it. Like usually in your twenties or your thirties, it's just kind of some uh, disposable verbal crutch, but you really don't mean it because you mm-hmm. do care what people think. Now you're like, yeah, I really don't care. I'm old because I'm older. You're gonna make your judgment regardless of what I say, and not only that, I'm probably not gonna see you very much anyways. So good <laughs> no. luck and don't bother me unless if you have money to game, give me. If you come to the game, you might see me. <laughs> but, if you're, but if you're out and about. You're not going to see me downtown. Yeah, I would. You might see me in downtown Pflugerville. <laughs> you're not going to see me downtown. Not you're not going to be on Commerce. No, <laughs> not going to be on Thirty Six. Well, let's talk. Let's talk football, not old All people right. problem. Let's old talk people TCU. Problems. I mean, can you put in perspective this TCU football season? Kind of what it's meant to that school and that city, Mac. You know, since I've lived here, since I've been here in '96, when I first came here in 1996, uh, I worked at the school. I worked in the athletic department and the media relations office, and that was the first year that they were in the WAC. And ever, I was a graduate assistant, so I was there for two years. And when I graduated and I left, it was right about that time that the university decided that they were going to start to really invest in athletics and try to be competitive as a means to market the school. And you've we've seen that happen all over the place. It's a really dicey way to go because it doesn't always work. Well, TCU had hit a home run, and mm-hmm. everything that's happened since then, they've advanced the ball a little bit further, right? So they, they hire, they, they do well under Dennis Francione. They get to the Sun Bowl, and they beat USC, and then Fran leaves for Alabama, and they hire the obscure Gary Patterson, and then it just starts to go up. And mm-hmm. then you know, they then they go to Conference USA and they start to go up. You know, they beat Oklahoma and Norman. They start to go up. And then they go to the uh, Mountain West Conference where Utah is and BYU is. And then they go to the Fiesta Bowl. They were part of the BCS bracket buster thing. And uh, they lost to Boise in a great uh, BCS game. And the next year, then they win the Rose Bowl. They're undefeated and they finish second. And they just ball then they get invited to the big 12 they, then they get east that falls apart they get invited to the big 12 and moving it 
And then in 2014, uh, they had a great team that finished third in the regular season, gets dropped to sixth, goes to the Peach Bowl, blows out Ole Miss, and they prove they can win in a power league, which that had been that had been the concern, was can these uh, non-AQ schools like Utah, like TCU, can they in power conferences? They can. So they win a league. Uh, they do well in 2017. And then Gary's tenure just, you know, I remember when you had me on last year, it was right before they played Texas. Yep. I said, yeah. And I just had this weird feeling that it was that it was going to end. I don't know why I just did. And then it ended. And now Sonny Dykes walks in and, and exceeds every even implausible expectation. And what he's done is they've moved the ball a little bit further. Right. And now they're third. They won the Big 12 outright. It's the first undefeated Big 12 team since the Texas team in 2009. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they might actually get in the playoffs. So everything they've done, defying every odd and every barrier that exists for a school that small that isn't named Notre Dame, they've advanced the ball. And now they're in a position to make the playoff, which would be advancing the ball and at this point, I wouldn't even be surprised if they won a playoff game. I I don't see anybody beating Georgia, but I think what in terms of perspective is what they've done is to advance the ball a little bit further and do something that hasn't been done in the modern era for the school. And it's a hell of an achievement. You called yeah. you called it in your column a masterpiece, a twelve and zero masterpiece. And what were your expectations of Sonny Dykes, who who hasn't been a needle mover per se a really good offensive mind but not someone that you thought would 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 move mountains like he has in one season uh my expectations were that he didn't have a quarterback you remember you know max duggan is the best story in my mind in 2022 absolutely absolutely Uh, remember max wasn't the starter to to start the regular season Chandler morris was Right. So my thought was Sonny doesn't have a quarterback yet and that they had looked in the transfer portal. Uh, I thought that's what they were going to get. I, I, to be honest, I think that frustration thought that, that they would find somebody in the portal. It didn't work out. Think about it. And it's what we talked about last year on your podcast about Max Duggan reminded us, uh, us of Sam Ellinger, which is a guy who did this and just kind of leveled out oh, yeah. this year. I mean, yeah. he just, he went to this year, Colt McCoy. Remember Colt McCoy senior yeah. year? Oh, yeah. He's amazing. And the, the difference, Colt kept doing this. Yeah. Sam did this and then this, and that's what Max did. And then all of a sudden, Max took off. And I think because of that, I mean, you have to give the coaches credit. You have to give the kid a lot of credit. I mean, he stuck with it. Most guys would have transferred. And yeah. he stuck with it. And now he's having the year of his life. And you can't help, even if you hate TCU or anything else, you can't help but love the kid. You can't help but love the story. I thought at best they would win seven or eight games. And that would be a great – and I think that's what everybody thought, reasonably. Big seven in the league. Yeah. To to finish – to go undefeated? Yeah, that's crazy. Can you you imagine if you would put money down on that at Vegas to start the season? What you're – oh. Gosh, probably fifty to one, hundred yeah. to one. Oh, oh, it'd be higher. Don't you think it'd be higher than that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, be. it would have to be. There's three in the league, and, yeah. and Baylor won it last year. They were picked in the last few 
in Dave Aranda's second year. You know, they win the Big 12. But you're right, Max Duggan's not the starter at the start of the season. Kansas State going with Will Howard, who wasn't the starting quarterback. Adrian Martinez was for K-State. So you got, you know, essentially two backup quarterbacks in the championship game, although Max is, I don't know what he's got, 40-41 starts now. But uh, just been so impressive. And even last week, you know, you could say, oh, TCU's playing with house money, the perfect season. They've been living on the edge. But they came out so loose and confident. It was like 24 nothing after first quarter. And I don't know if I've ever seen a team play with as much confidence as they have. And, you know, now they got K-State again. Uh, they, they, they have seen prime for an upset for like a month now. Ah. Uh, do you think they'll take care of business on Saturday, Mac? Well, you know, when we saw when I saw you guys down in Austin before uh, before they play Texas, uh, I was convinced that TC would lose that game. Now, Cedric, I know you thought TC would win it. I yeah, I was I just kept playing law of averages, Kirk. Yeah, just because one, it's really hard to go undefeated in a Power Five. They're on the road. Texas is really talented, even though you know they didn't win a hundred games. Right. They still have talent, and I thought, okay, it'll be close. And this time, a close game is finally going to get them. The reality was it wasn't even that close. No, dominated. Dominated them. I I still can't get over the B. John Robinson numbers. That's another one. Like, if you would have told me B. John Robinson would have put up those numbers against that team, I'm like, okay, then he got hurt. Well, he wasn't hurt. He just didn't have a good game. The offensive line. 29 yards. I mean, nothing. They just dominated. And Uh, they're known for their offense, but that TCU defense just – Dominated them, controlled the whole 60 minute game. And uh, so that was, and but you know, it's interesting. Obviously, I'm I'm right in the middle of Fort Worth. I have tons of TCU friends. They did no part of playing Texas in the championship game. No part. Yeah. They, 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 the the name, the talent, second chance. Yeah. Second chance. But you know, I mean, Kansas State. But you know what? I was at that Kansas State game earlier this year, and I know everybody makes a big deal out of it. TCU kicked their ass. I mean, I, yeah. they fell behind big. Will Howard came in, and Will Howard did well early. Yeah. And then TCU got into the game, and they scored. They scored them twenty-eight to nothing over the last two and a half plus quarters, or whatever it was. Yeah. And TCU really had. I kept picking. I like. I, I. I. There wasn't an inch of me that thought they would lose to Iowa State. No. Because I thought Iowa State would have. Would just be demoralized. Can't score. Seven. Yeah, can't score. all of that. And uh, I, I didn't know if they'd score fifty-five points on him or whatever it was. But I, I think this game is going to be close. But at this point, I'm not. I can't pick against TCU because every time I've done it, they've won. <laughs> and maybe, maybe they want me to pick against them again. I, I, I don't know. But at this point, I think they're probably going to win it just because they've got a quarterback who's played hundred games. Yeah, a lot of seniors, tons of upperclassmen in the offensive line. Everybody's pretty healthy. Got a really good quarterback in Hodges Tomlinson. They got players. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that's an extremely confident team. Yeah, I really. need to ask you this. Um, it's that's cowboy country. You know, we we know that. And they're having a pretty good season. They the people think the Cowboys can make a run. They pick up Odell. Who knows? If TCU wins the Big 12 title game and gets into that CFP, mm-hmm. It, what's going to be the buzz level in Cowtown? Is it is it going is it going to be palpable, or, or are they like, oh, let's see what they do against a Michigan, against a Georgia, et cetera? Uh, well, the reality of it is, the school is just you know, I, you and I talked about this on Twitter one time. I think 
TCU's challenge as it tries to grow its its brand, yeah, yeah, its brand, is that it's not a t-shirt school. You know, like pro teams are t-shirt teams. Mm-hmm. It's one thing Tech Schramm tapped in on back in the 60s when he was starting the Dallas Cowboys was he wanted to market fans who weren't college graduates. And that's one of the primary reasons why the NFL has been so popular is that they reach fans who don't have any, you know, they don't have a tie to a college team. But if you want a tie to a college team and you go to Walmart or Target and you want to buy a T-shirt, which one are you going to buy? Texas. It says Texas. Mm-hmm. I grew, when I grew up in Indiana, it was the same thing, right? Indiana. All right. Not Purdue. Not, and, we, in, and in Texas, it's the same thing. It's you buy Texas. That's, that's the brand school. With all due respect to every other school in the state. Yeah. It is. It is huge. And around TCU, TCU is a very small private institution in a major metropolitan area. They did not sell. There's 48,000 seats. They probably didn't. They probably had 36,000 for their regular season finale against Iowa State. Did did they ever sell it out? Uh, Yeah. Did they sell it out? Uh that's a good question. I they, think, played, they played Oklahoma there, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, that? but I would say the last, like last year when Texas was here, they didn't fill yeah. up. I, no. they, it, but you know, stadiums, stadiums are too big now. They Even are. They are. They're just too big. Like, in, right. I was down there for the UT game, and I know you guys are used to it. I forgot what a hundred thousand felt like. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. It was. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Like. My daughter ate it up. She thought it was the neatest thing ever. It's a giant party. Del Conte's done a phenomenal job. They're just a you know a zoo, and it's great. It's TCU's a small school. It is. TCU's done everything it could do, but in terms of like, you know, what you're talking about in the town, it's it's small. Yeah, and it is. It's just yeah. the truth. It, it, it's reality. Yeah, and and they've created. They've done a good job of cultivating fans mm-hmm. uh, who who aren't tied to TCU, or maybe they went to Texas Tech, or maybe they went to Texas, but they live in Fort Worth, so they want to see TCU do well, even though they didn't go here, or that's the team they cheer for when Texas not whatever. But it's not a huge number, yeah. and it's that's the challenge of it. And you can't. I've said this a hundred times. You can't sell what you're not. Well, you. Like the the strength of TCU sales pitches, we're a small private school. You get individual one on one attention, big time. Well, if that's what you're going to do, then go be that. But that means you can't be Texas or Texas A and M. You're not the big school in the giant college town. You're just not. You're something else. And right. college athletics, that's that's a tough. That's that's a challenge. It just and, and we know the the lack of the brand hurt them in 2014 when they were Chandler Baylor. Got screwed over. Yeah, um, didn't make the CFP, and I bring it up now because Ohio State sitting there at number five, just waiting. They can't lose this weekend because they ain't playing. I personally think I don't know about you two. I think T should be in the playoff, win or lose Saturday is the way I feel. But Won't both, happen. But Won't both happen of you, if they lose. If TCU loses, will TCU be out, Mac? I think the difference is Ohio State, unlike 2014, Ohio State played a game. Right. And if I remember correctly, they won pretty impressively over Wisconsin. Wisconsin 59 to nothing. That was it. Yeah. So that's. The TCU won 55 something. Over Iowa State, right? Right. Yeah. 
Um, I think the difference is Ohio State's not playing at all. It's Michigan against right. Purdue. Purdue. So who cares? Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan plays if Purdue played them close. I, oh, I don't I think know. They might. They just might. And and a Purdue a close game between Michigan and Purdue looks a lot different than a close game between Kansas State and mm. TCU. Kansas State's the 10th ranked team in the country. Yeah, and at some point in that conversation, and Ohio State wouldn't it, it should. It should. I I just have this weird feeling that this time, because they moved up to three and the other teams aren't playing, and mm-hmm. USC is playing, and they're already four, unless TCU gets blown out. I just have this weird feeling that this time they're going to get in. I, I've been wrong every like the 2014. Gary Patterson predicted it, and he he warned people it was coming. And he was right. Yeah. And this time, I just have this weird feeling. I don't know why. I looked at it, all these different scenarios. I just this time. I, I don't know why. I, I hope I'm right because it's a it great story. Because if TCU loses, guys, that means they split with the number 10 team in the CFP in Kansas State. They split two games. Yep. And Ohio State didn't split with Michigan. They got blown out by three touchdowns on their own field. You know, and their big win, the pin, and the Big Ten is down. They yep. beat Penn State, which is not a great team. They beat Notre Dame, which has, what, now four or five losses now? So mm-hmm. it's going to take some guts, but I think the committee should be in, have TCU in win or lose. Word yeah. warning, froggies. <laughs> oh, I know. Win I, on Saturday. I, Don't that. put your fate right. in the hands of people who are going to reward Blue Bloods with two losses for getting in. Don't give them that power because they will hurt you. Now, if this was Texas or Oklahoma, those are Blue Bloods. Different story. Different, different story, story, different treatment. They, I wrote in 2014, they never would have done that to Texas or Oklahoma. They never. No way. They never. Too much political power. The biggest school in Texas and the biggest school in Oklahoma are going to get that. They're going to get that favorable nod. The same thing. You, that small, non-T-shirt selling school that you that you described 10 minutes ago is not going to get that favorable nod. I'm telling you, not even that, Sid. If they can move Ohio State into that spot, they will. More money, more T-shirts, more merchandising, more eyeballs on TV sets. See, I don't think it really I, – I, I don't – I've wondered about that for a while. I think the game, a playoff game, draws the same number regardless. I may be wrong about that. I because you're right. But does it move the needle? And 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 will the rank will the TV ratings for a for a TCU Michigan game be the same as an Ohio State? Here's the difference. No, Georgia. you're right, Sid. Sid, you're to me, Mac says hundred percent right because it means eyeballs, because you lose the casual fan. If you've got a, a TCU or a Cincinnati or somebody like that. But you get a Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, the casual fans even drawn in. Just look at two years ago. A&M got screwed, I totally. thought. They, they picked Notre Dame. And A&M's not a small private school. Nope, no, nope, not at all. They got like 70,000 on campus, and they got the shaft unfairly, I think. So, you know, I'm scared, too, they might screw them because 
Well, you know, they didn't win the conference title. Well, neither did Ohio State, neither did Alabama. You know, and I, I don't think I don't see a scenario where Alabama jumps. No. They, Probably they, not. But you know what, guys? I could sit here and make the case Alabama is better than Ohio State because they lost on the two last play, a field goal by Tennessee in a classic game. Was it 52-49? Yeah. Last play of the game to LSU on a two-pointer. And that's their only blemishes. So Ohio State lost by three touchdowns. I can't I can't see any two loss team getting in this this exactly. one. They haven't I'm yet. Sorry. They haven't you yet. Got two I, losses. I don't care how you lost. Your yeah. ass lost two the, games. The only one to yeah. me, I I think the reality like as I sit here and I'm I'm looking at it right now, mm-hmm. the only one to me with the shot to get back in this is Ohio State. And Absolutely. It, but the it's the fact that they're not playing. If yeah. they were playing Right, I think I think USC and I think TCU should be scared to death. Yeah, but the the fact that they're not playing, I think, and you remember, you know, I I, I thought about writing about this and I didn't. I was going to call Bob Bowlesby about it. <clears throat> I got too lazy. Hello. But uh, I, you know, remember back in 2014, there was no Big 12 title game, so there was no additional game to make a favorable impression. Oh, remember the whole, data point. The data point. Yeah, which you and I both know is BS. It's not a data Crap. point. It's cash. Crap. And yeah, it's junk. And and now now that data point or that extra game, that's going to hurt your chances if you of lose. getting into the playoff. Because if your if your Big Twelve ta- championship team loses, yeah. you may lose that for in exchange for a data point that you and I both know was basically for sale. That data point was yeah. all about oh we can sell sixty five thousand tickets to Jerry World and get an extender uh, media rights deal done. But your data point, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. That's why so Ohio going. State doesn't have that data point. Yeah. So the yeah, Big right. Twelve, the Big Twelve should cancel Saturday's game. <laughs> saying, declare TCU the champion. They beat yes. K State. Hey, no game. Let's have a party. No, and I think what what's so distressing to me, and, and I don't know if you guys, if if it's happened to you, it's definitely happened to me. When I watch games now, all I, the the thing that I see as much as as I do the game. As I do, as I see the bottom line business element to it, that's I see. That's all. I, like when I say I'm like 105,000 seats, well, how much money are they making on this one? 65,000 <laughs> tickets. How many of those were discounted? Well, oh, they didn't bring the cheerleaders. Well, they're saving money here. They brought the band. Well, that's a lot of money. That's all I do is see that, and it's, it's one of the. You're big, old. You're you're looking at big picture now. Know, that's right. And I'm a homeowner. I'm a kid. I know. That's we've covered enough games. We have mortgages now. Come on, they we play for the love of the game. It's the love of the game. Bills have to be paid. <laughs> so we're looking at the see. money. That's, that's one of the reasons I miss. Uh, I know. And, you know, <laughs> Conte was here at TCU. We got to know him pretty well. He's one of my favorites. We used to laugh about stuff like that and what we would see here, here, and here. <laughs> and that's what I see. I'm like, and, he, and if there's anybody who just drilled the word my skull, no one did it like Chris Tucker. What word? Brand. Oh, yeah. Brand. Brand. That's all I see now. Brand. Yeah. Your Facebook, all that junk. So when I look at like TCU and talk about that, I think the thing that they have going for them is that there is a curiosity. I mean, first of all, it's crazy to me that they still sell the idea that they're a Cinderella. They're part of a Power Five. They have an endowment <laughs> over a billion dollars. Cinderella did not have an endowment over a billion dollars. She was broke. Yes, she was. Right? 
She couldn't even afford shoes. And she crashed. <laughs> and she crashed a party she wasn't invited to. Right. So I'm like, this is a pretty rich Cinderella. I'm like, I oh, want to meet that Cinderella. So exactly. I still think you do have the idea. Like, there was genuine curiosity when Cincinnati played uh, Alabama last year, but Alabama made them. You know, they just yeah. neutered them. And yeah. I think this time with this TCU team, if they get the right draw, and I was looking at the the, the betting potential betting lines, TCU versus Michigan, TCU versus USC, those could be games. Georgia scares the hell out of everybody. But I, I, you know, the other thing too is I'm rambling here forever. Everyone's like, oh, they don't deserve to be fourth. Everybody who is made fourth gets blown out. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's Usually Oklahoma. Notre Dame or Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan yeah. State, Washington. Yeah. They, all, the Cincinnati, they all got slaughtered. The only yeah. one that won was Ohio State in 2014 when they backdoored around it. And they were the national championship. Oh, I mean, they that were the Zeke, best team. That was Zeke Elliott. Was yeah. Zeke on that team? Yeah, Zeke Ohio was on that team. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and, and here's the other here's the other reason brain's important. Luke Fickle just left Cincinnati to go to Wisconsin Power Five. Even though Cincinnati's coming to the Big Twelve five, but they're different levels of Power Five when you got SEC Big Ten money. No doubt yeah. about it. And I, I love you talking about the upward trajectory of TCU, yeah. but you glossed over the Big East era, which is one of my favorite eras for TCU. That's great. So many great memories. Oh my God. Never played a game. Oh, forever. No, never played a game. That's smart. right. So smart. Here's the thing. How big is this, these next two games? The the Big 12 title game, which we think we all think they're gonna win. Mm-hmm. And then that first game for the Big 12 moving forward without oh. a Texas, without an OU. TCU is carrying the blood stained banner of the new Big 12 on its okay. back in these next couple of games. How huge is that? You know, you know, I haven't thought of it like that. You're right. I, I think the challenge that TCU has and the Big 12 has is just what you said about Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle is technically at a Big 12 job. Yeah. Right? Yes. He's at a Power 5 job, and he just left one for another one. Right. Because there's – we've seen now a delineation, and it's basically based on media rights between the SEC and the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my contention has been for some time now, this whole SEC, Big Ten superiority – it's usually a couple of teams, and the rest are. That's like, it. There's like that's it. Yeah, not that much difference between Arkansas on a Thursday night than Iowa State playing Kansas State on Saturday. The difference is marketing, size of the university. It's all kind of the same. And you know, I I think it's great that the Pac-12 has had a good year. I think yeah. you need that if you want to sell your sport and be national and not just this southeast thing. You've got to have teams all over the place. The Washington, Oregon have all been good, and USC had a great year, and UCLA has been good. That's great. I hate the fact that those schools are going to the Big Ten. That's good stuff, Mac. Um, here's here's a, a even bigger question. This is the biggest game of Max Duggan's career because he might end up having order of tux if he blows up if he blows up K State. He could end up in New York City. And I know this is your first Heisman vote, and Kirk and I have been doing it for a while, and we're not allowed to reveal our votes. But I, I will say this, Max Duggan is getting heavy, heavy consideration at Shea Golden. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, I'm, I, I don't 
I, I was looking at statistics of candidates, uh, I guess it was the other day. And when you look at his statistics, I mean, he's only thrown three interceptions. He is the starting quarterback for the number three team in the country that is one of three teams that hasn't lost a game. Okay. I mean, he can run well. He passes well. His ag- That's the thing that's so shocking to me about is this, this development is his accuracy went from it's consistency. That was the thing that was so that was missing from him for so long was any shred of consistency. He was a great athlete. He was big. He was strong. He tried like hell. He was a great competitor. He was a good kid. But it was just the consistency that was missing, and that hasn't happened. Up, I mean, he's had some stretches in there where he hasn't been as sharp. But if you go back and I mean, look at the game against Texas, he was getting destroyed that first half. That yeah. defensive front seven was killing him. He didn't have time. Hard. He didn't have no time to breathe. And then the running game, that, that offensive line at TCU's eventually wore down UT. They started running all over the place. He was hitting passes, and they won the game. And then the the Baylor game, I mean, he was out with it. He was he didn't have his top wide receiver. Quentin Johnston was hurt. He didn't have his leading rusher. Uh, Kendra Miller was out, and they came back and won because of him. I mean, he he really he's the one who willed that team to win. So I. I I don't think he's going to win it. I'm not even sure if he should win it, but it would be a sports crime if he wasn't there as a finalist. And he would be their first finalist since Ladanian Tomlinson. Nice. And I, 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 you know, I'm like you. I can't say who I would vote for or anything like that. But I, I am strongly considering voting for him because he deserves it. And I, I don't know how you get around that. He deserves it. That, that later game was a Heisman drive. Yes, it like, was. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. He didn't have his best receiver running back, and he took him right down the field for a field goal. So, uh, and if yeah. you go watch that drive, Kirk, there yeah. are three plays that he made in there. One was he was able to jump out of bounds. Remember, TCU didn't have any timeouts to start right. that drive. And on a second, it was like at the 50 yard line or four, whatever it was. It was around midfield. He's under pressure, and he has the presence of mind to leap out of bounds. For like a, I don't think it was a, I don't even think they gained a yard on it, but it stopped the clock. Stop mm-hmm. the clock, saved that game. I mean, it's little things like that. And then on a third down play, he had a big run where he ran through an arm tackle. And that was basically the play that set up the game winning field goal. I, I still think Sonny Dykes got away with some really curious clock management. And that last Just 30 spiked seconds. The ball. Just spiked the ball. Oh, no, he did on second down. Yeah, but don't hand it off on third. I, that, that was the one, and and I know why he did it. He did it because the kicker wanted it on on the right hash. Yeah, that was that was like iffy. Yeah, and you know, Kirk, if that had blown up in his face, oh my god, he would have gotten. We're not having this conversation. Today. <laughs> no, we're not. That's exactly right. <laughs> but it worked, and when you have those kind of years, that it works. So I I really hope, you know, I. I I really hope he gets there. He deserves how many it. how many touchdowns does he have now? I think thirty or thirty one passing. I yeah, think it's thirty or thirty one. He's okay, just I was, looking at the, I was looking at stats this morning. You know who the number one passer in the country is in terms of yards? Is it CJ Stroud? No. Say, do you know? Michael Penix. Michael Penix. From yeah, Washington. Washington. You know, he's been been throwing a lot. You know who the most accurate guy is? Most accurate? Yeah, 71.5%. Is it Caleb Williams? No, it's Bo Nix. 
from Oregon. No way. You know, yeah. if they had won, if if they had won last week, he'd be getting some more New York yeah. looks. Oh yeah, yeah. Because his numbers are insane. He's he a, he's the total offense guy. Most touchdowns. C.J. Stroud. He's got thirty-seven. So what is Max at? What is Duggan's touchdown uh, statistics? I thought it was thirty-one to three. I haven't looked at rushing or any of that yet. But I mean, okay. he's my my point is that you got all these three guys leading the country different categories, and and Max is right there with them. But you look at what he does, you know, in the key games. They they haven't been a great defense most of this year. They've won it with great offense. And, you know, he's the linchpin for all that. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm considering B. John Robinson for the Heisman as well because I think he's the best running back, you know, in the country. And it's different, you know, comparing – it's apples to oranges, quarterbacks to running backs. But, it's you a know, quarterback's he, award now. It is. Yes, it, is. Yes. it doesn't mean it has to be. But I, I can agree. make a case B. John and Max both should be in New York. But – and here's the thing too. I think Caleb Williams is probably the front runner, but so because right. he got hot at the right time, you know, he beat UCLA. Uh, you know, then they won. Now they're in the Pac-12 game playing uh, uh, Utah again. So, but he's sexy. You know, he's glamorous. And I think then that goes back to brand that we've been talking about this whole podcast. He's West Coast. I, and that's the other thing. Like I, you mentioned, Michael, I'm glad you brought it up. And and Bo Nix, <clears throat> Bo Nix isn't that much different than Max Duggan. No, the only difference is no. Bo Nix transferred, right? And Max didn't. And I don't know if Max would have had any Division One. He, I don't think he would have had any Power Five Division One suitors. Maybe, wow. maybe. I, I'm, I'm, but he never, he never looked. So there's yeah. no way to know. He never looked. He was going to stay and and figure it out. But he was going to be the guy that lost lost the starting quarterback job at TCU. That's yeah, how he was going to be perceived. Well, and if you look at TCU's last two really great teams, Trayvon Boykin was their starting quarterback in 2014. And, and this is just one of those obscure details that no sane person would remember. They brought in a Texas A&M transfer and Matt Jokel. And Matt Jokel was thought to be the starter. Yeah. And Joke now Boykin beat him out. But the thought was if it's close, Jokel might see some time. In the first game of that year, Jokel mm-hmm. tore his ACL and it was Boykin's job. And he was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Boykin had a phenomenal two-year run as the starting quarterback. And then you look at Duggan, he he was not the starter. And he wasn't. Now they said, okay, we're going to rotate guys, but he wasn't the starter. You think about that. He had been a starter for three seasons and he wasn't a starter going into his senior year. I mean, right. what a scathing indictment that yeah. that was. And it, there's no way around it. It was. But then he did it, and he deserves every good thing that he has coming to him. And it, that includes idiots like me eating crow who said, yeah, you're probably not good enough. Well, yeah. he was. And you got to give him credit. And the same goes career, for Bo Nix. Career, career year all yep. the way across the board. Yeah. Uh, 66.6% completion rate. 29 touchdowns. Only three picks. Yeah. 171.3 quarterback rating. I mean, it's it's nuts. It's nuts. He's run for 294 yards, five more touchdowns. He's got a touchdown reception this year. Oh, that's right. He's done it all. He's done it all. So yeah. and you know the you know the other good thing about it is one of my favorite Heisman winners of all time was Barry Sanders because he was a kick returner. 
He was a kick returner. Nobody talked about Barry Sanders coming in. What was that, 88? What year was that? He was a kick returner? He was a kick returner. That was his big thing the year before. You know, because they've had good running backs. Return Thomas. Exactly. And so he had no fanfare, no advanced billing, and he won it. I think he went over 2,000 yards and won it on the field. And that's the kind of the player Max Duggan is. Like, you know, didn't even have the starting job for Pete's sake. And now we're talking about being in New York, and justifiably so. So it's a I great – I never player. knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. So he's always been one of my favorites. You win it without any – you know, press clippings or anything like that. So I'll be damned. I, I never knew that. That's good. Really? That's good information. Thank you very much. Anyway, what else do we need to hit on? Yeah, what, else else? You wanna, what else do you want to learn? Cowboys are going to win it all this year, right? I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm taking all my money in Vegas and putting it on the Cowboys. I, I, I remember last, last time I, we were on, I was on with you guys last year. We were talking about the Cowboys and Cedric and I were all in. We were there drinking the Kool-Aid. They got young players and Randy Gregory and all this other stuff. And, you know, then the, the offseason, they didn't do anything other than just, you know, commit to what they had. And any all of us were like, nah, eight or nine wins. And it's working. I, I still think the team that can get them in the playoffs is San Francisco. Running right at them. Yep. They did last year. They did that. Did and they you did right it with, in the mouth. And, yep. and we're not, yep. not going to try to beat you on the edge with and try to test Michael Parsons. We're going to see if Michael Parsons wants to tackle us. The problem they had last year in that playoff game, I can't remember if you guys were – I don't know if you said if you were there. I was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco beat them with a four-man rush. That's what beat them. Mm-hmm. And their offense didn't – like Debu Samuel killed them, but it was their four-man rush. If you can beat a team with a four-man rush, or if you yeah. can rush for – get away with it. You don't have to blitz. You don't have to blitz. You can drop everybody back. CD yeah. Lamb did nothing. The receiver stunk. Dak looked average. They beat him. And yeah. I'm telling you, I could see that happening again. Now, they're getting ready to get Tyron Smith back. So you get a starting left tackle and you move. How long will that last? If they, if they get he gets to, hurt again. If he gets hurt again. I mean, this will be his last year at the club. So Gotta be. he's a great guy. He'll try. He's a warrior. But what's, yeah. your, what, what's your take on Odell Beckham? Uh, it's funny you should say that. I was just writing about that. Uh, he is the – he's a Terrell Owens 2.0. And the difference is when they brought Terrell Owens in, and I always love it. Like the Cowboys are like, oh, we've done our homework on him. No, you haven't. You did your homework on Pac-Man Jones, Tank Johnson, Greg Hardy, Demetrius Underwood, Alonzo Spellman. You Randy see what Gregory. You want to see. Randy Gregory. You see what you want to see. And what they see is talent and touchdowns. And, you know, but my – the problem is they got to give him a multi-year deal. So that's mm-hmm. what he's going to want. Sure. And if it was just for January, but this is this signing is essentially for January. Yeah, but sure. This is a hired gun. Stephon Vaughn has, Miller. Stephon Miller. But, there, but at least with Vaughn Miller, there was no question about, there was questions about his physical durability. There was mm-hmm. no questions about his professionalism. The questions wow. about Odell are, is this guy a diva? Terrell Owens is a great player, but he was yeah. such a pain in the ass. Yeah. And they, they they didn't have the quarterback to control him. He didn't respect Drew Bledsoe. He had Deion Sanders going on the NFL Network, you know, making all kinds of noise. That was a point in the locker room. Bill hated him. When I, Bill Parcells hated Terrell. He hated Terrell. Yeah. He did. And Wade Phillips couldn't really – didn't even really try. Mm-hmm. And it was just – it was a problem. It wasn't worth it with Odell. The one, the one thing about Odell that I think you could bring him in here is that 
that locker room is comprised of adults. Yeah. And I strong. think if you've got adult, yeah, you know how it goes. If you've got adults, if you've got a right. pretty strong group, then you can exactly. say, okay, this is the way this is going. This is the way this is going to happen. Yeah. And if you're not a part of this, we don't want you here. Well, they're all on record. They all want them there. Mm-hmm. So they better be able to deal with them. And yeah. I think that's why it worked last year with the Rams. It was a disaster with the Browns because Baker Mayfield couldn't do it. It was a disaster with the Giants because they were ready to move on. And Eli was at the end. And it worked with the Rams because they had guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Matt mm-hmm. Stafford, Cooper Cup. Like, if we're going right. to do this, we're going to do this. And it's kind of like when Randy Moss came to the Patriots. It worked because that locker room said, you're either with us or you're not. And this is the way it is. And it worked. And that's mm-hmm. the one reason why I would trust Odell now with Dallas as opposed to Terrell when he came here in 06. And it didn't it, – it only kind of worked. It, it, but it was more of a distraction than it was worth. Is he the well, missing piece to a Super Bowl team? Say again? Is he the missing piece to a Super Bowl team? I don't know. Because if you look at – he's awfully good. Like, if you go back and watch that Super Bowl oh, – he was going to yeah. be the MVP. He was killing Which it. Which guy are you getting? Are you getting that Odell Beckham? If you're getting right. We don't know. We towards ACL in February. February. Uh, and you if you look at ACL Michael, before. That is a quick turnaround. Well, yeah. and if you look at, like, uh, Michael Gallup, he tore his uh, – he tore his – is it his ACL or his Achilles? I think it was his ACL. I think so. And he came back, and it's only now – He's starting to find it. He's starting to look like that guy. It takes yeah. time. So if Odell signs, he's supposed to, they're supposed to meet with him on Monday. He's going to meet with the Bills, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Dallas is in the lead because it's, you know, it's a warm weather team. Mm-hmm. He don't, he, you know, but people want to play with good quarterbacks. Yeah. And Josh Allen's going to be a hard guy to turn down. But do you want to play in that weather? Yeah, indoor stadium in Dallas. Indoor stadium, yep. So I would say Dallas would be in the lead. Yeah. But I don't know if he's like when I look at that team. I don't know, man. Like they're they're good. They're good. They are. Yeah. But I don't know if they're any great team. I mean, Buffalo has slid a little bit. Philadelphia. Kansas City looks pretty good. Kansas City. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're the best. City's pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, if Jerry does sign Odell, don't send a plane. Do <laughs> do an Uber something. <laughs> That's right. Train, Amtrak, something. Anything. <laughs> Anything but an airplane. I like that. That's Jerry don't time. care about any of that crap. Nope. I love that. You don't care oh, about everybody. We, we've done our homework. The, don't worry. We've looked You don't care this. about the FAA. They signed Greg Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted to touch Greg Hardy throw, other than Dallas. Throw her on a bed full of assault weapons. <laughs> Here's 20 million. Exactly right. Here's 20 million. Only the Cowboys. Yeah. Only Jerry. Yep. Go ahead. Come so on. That, so when Jerry saw that news, he was like, uh, Cares. Yeah. Go get him, Stephen. Go get him. Cares. There's yeah. our guy. There's yeah. our guy. He wasn't limping That's when it. he got off that plane. That's, That's right. What Jerry knows. Yeah. That's what Jerry noticed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hey, last thing for me, we didn't talk about Gary Patterson on the air. So I don't know. I still think he's got something left in the tank uh, from all your dealings with him over the years, Mac. You think, uh, yeah, Gary I don't know. I I think he wanted the Nebraska job. Yeah. Uh, but obviously Nebraska got the guy they wanted in Matt Rule. And I, I can't fault Trev Alberts for that that hire. I think that's a great Good hire. Good hire. And Matt Matt's a great coach. And he's perfect for college. I, I think, right. you know, I can't blame him for going to Carolina for looking, but it didn't work. He didn't have players and he mm-hmm. didn't do a very good job of personnel. 
Um, but with at Nebraska, I, I think you should be competitive there. Mm-hmm. With Gary, you know, from you no, know, it was tough. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. That last couple of months, I mean, I had to write some very difficult things and things that I would imagine he's not a fan of at all. And I don't blame him at all. I, I wouldn't if I'm him, I probably wouldn't much care for me either, given what I reported. Yeah. I stand by it, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'd like it. Right. We had to write difficult things. Yeah. Yeah, but that being said, he's still a great coach. He's still a good guy. I'd hire him. If, if I was a program, I would certainly look at him. I, I know Bruce Feldman covered college football for a thousand years with the athletic. He's reported that UNLV might be interested in him. Uh, UNLV is a bad job. There's no getting around it. And, uh, you know, they haven't had a winning team there in 20 it's years. It's Cunningham. It's been a minute. Yes, it's Cunningham. I mean, they've been terrible for yeah. all of the obvious reasons. But if he wants to do it, I think the reality is I don't know if a Power 5 job is going to call him. They're filling up. Cincinnati's and, uh, open. I'd, I, I'd hire him. Yeah. I think, I'd hire I think him he, yesterday if I'm So would I? I, yeah. I would hire him. I, I think he's, a, I think he's a, a terrific coach, and I think he has a lot left in the tank. I don't think he's ready to, to hang it up and be a broadcaster or whatever else he might want to do or just, you know, sing yeah. for fun. But I'd hire him. I just don't know if, if – if, if he's going to get that, like, I mean, look who UAB hired. UAB hired a name. They hired Trent Dilfer. Yeah, about look, that. Look what, the, look what the Colts did with Jeff Saturday. Look what NBA teams have done and hired guys who have been retired for 20 minutes and put them on the bench. Look at Major League Baseball teams. They're hiring these guys who, who haven't been playing for a couple of years, and they're letting them be big league managers with virtually no or minimal minor league experience at all. And it's just changed. So yeah. I, I don't know who's going to give them. I thought maybe Arizona State. Those, but those are bad jobs. Those Arizona mm-hmm. State, those Arizona jobs have been killers. But I would hire him. I know he's told people he still wants to do it. I just don't know if that chance. I mean, if UNLV's it, does he take it? Or does he go back and work on Sarkeesian's staff for another year? And you guys would have a better beat on that than I would. What do you think? Well, I think uh, I think Stark would love it if he came back another year because I think it is his fingerprints all over that defense. They went from a hundredth in the nation to fifty first in the nation, and they improved to like 29th in the nation in scoring defense. Give up twenty one a game, which in this uh, in this day's college football, you ought to be able to win most games if you're giving up twenty one. And if I Guys, told you this, they were this, giving up twenty one a game before the season, we have them better than eight and four. It, and that's one thing. Is is PK Cow? Is I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Kikowski? Uh PK. Yeah. Just say PK. PK. Okay. Yeah. Who's getting credit for that? Gary or Pete? Depending on who you ask. Yeah, it's complicated, and we go well. If Gary's going to get the credit for the the great games, kind of like TCU and Oklahoma and Alabama, it, you got to give him credit for the bad games, like Oklahoma State and Kansas State in the second half, Texas. Absolutely. State. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if if it's funny because said and I were we're sitting together in the press box watching that TCU game, and you know Gary's down there in a stance and he's bent over and he's yelling at the Longhorn players. Not like he's a head coach. coach, not supposed to coach at all. And Sark says that. So, but he sure was conversing a lot. It seemed like on the on the sideline. So I think well, I, I've been. Still, I, I I was told that. Uh... You know, Sark had to tell him a couple of times. I bet he did. I'm sure. Yeah, that, that hey, okay, you got to take it easy here. We You're appreciate not an it. Analyst. 
Yeah, but you got to be careful about more, this. You look more like the head coach than that. <laughs> so I, was, wanted, I was covering you. <laughs> he wanted so, that one. Man, he wanted that one. You could tell. Yeah, he, no, he did. But I, well, I he, he, part of him that's happy for TCU. Th- though, there's that. Oh, 100%. I, I think 100%. I think he wanted it because there were a few people involved in, in that decision to force him out that I, I think that's personal. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. That's personal. That's for like sure. Four or five very significant donors. That's the athletic director. That's the chancellor. Uh, all of whom green lighted that 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 encouragement. And yeah. they they basically said we would like you to retire at the end of the season, or step down at the end of the season. He said, "Let's just. Oh, I'm just going to do it now." Yeah. And that wasn't fun. It wasn't. Uh, you know, I had conflicting. I know I had reported uh, that 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 meeting was heated. You know, on. I, I, I may have been, I may have overstated that one. I think it might have been a little bit calmer, but there are some. The reality was, it was a divorce, and there were some elements to it that were uncomfortable. But I think overall, overall, say whatever you want about Gary and Gary's feelings about the administration, and particular members of the administration, and the support. When I say, I mean prominent boosters. He loves the school. He loves the school. Mm-hmm. He loves the city. They gave him a chance, and and I don't know if any other school would have given him that chance to have a life that I don't think back in 1998 he could have even conceived. Right. And the guy won a Rose Bowl. There's a statue of him. He's a, <laughs> there's a, and he's He has more money than he can count Yeah, because of that school. Now, it was it was a mutually beneficial relationship. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they took care of him and he took care of them. Uh, but I, I think overall he wanted to win that game. But if he was going to lose – he was. He would have been happy to see guys like Max Duggan and all those other players he recruited, and maybe a lot of people whom he still considers friends enjoy what is a type of season that he got to be a part of uh, back in 2009, 2010, and 2014, and even 15 and 17 as well. So I, I hope he gets a job if that's what he wants. But it's weird. I don't think he's going to get a good one. If he's going to get one, it's going to. It looks like it's going to have to be UNLV. You're probably right. We we hope he stays in college football. It's it's a better game with Gary Patterson in it. Yeah, so. I agree. Anyway, man, this has been fun. Thank you guys. We appreciate it, Matt. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm always forward. great fans of yours. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate but don't it. change your number. We'll call you. Okay. <laughs> so enjoy okay. this weekend too. All right. All right. It was great talking to you. All, all right, right, brother. Thanks, Take care, fellas. See you later. See you long. Bye bye. Man, what a great conversation, Doug. I mean, Matt Engel always brings the knowledge. Always brings the knowledge. One of the best in our profession by far, and um, he's, tapped in. he's tapped in. He's tapped in, and he and he and he's 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 not apologetic. Um, I, I love. He's a, he's like I think we're all the same. He's he's a caring critic. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. And sometimes we have to write difficult columns, um, critical columns, but uh, that doesn't mean that we're out to get anybody because we aren't. No, that was fun conversation, and hope we have many more. Many more. Um, next week, we're going to hit. By, by next week, we'll know what game the UT Longhorns are going to be playing in. Probably the Alamo Bowl, but we got to get that official word. We'll break down that matchup this weekend, Duck. Uh, you're tonight. I'm going to be at Texas Volleyball opening up the NCAA tournament against Fairleigh Dickinson, FDU, if you like it. And, Duck, you're going to be at a really big hoops game. Creighton 
v texas longhorns a mm-hmm. nice little top 10 matchup uh looking forward to that duck i'm gonna have to tape that one because i'm gonna be at volleyball yeah it's gonna be fun a lot of stuff going on volleyball number one seed in the nation you know as they take aim at a second title for jared elliott and one of his best teams but we say that nearly every year because they, they're always one of the best five teams in, in the country. And Chris Beard's most fun team. Yeah. At yeah. Texas, by far. I mean, this is his second one, but uh, they're running up and down the court like nobody's business. And yeah, more balanced. There's so much more, more balanced than last year. Marcus Carr playing the two is a fit. Tyrese Hunter is, my, is already my favorite player on that team. I yeah. love what he brings, the toughness, Jabari Rice going to be one that we'll be writing about as yeah. well. It's going to be a lot of fun these next few months. A lot of fun the next few months. We will be back next week. That'll do it for 281 of On Second Thought. Big thanks to Mac Engel of the Four War Star Telegram. For the Duck Kirk Bowls, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.